and they hadn't been able to find a price for her. He doubted there was one, but they still had many years to find out, especially if they could couple it with some dirty laundry and rattle her cage a little. He swiped across the phone and hit an entry, placing a call. Hi, sweetheart. For the first time in that day, Jack Craig smiled. No, I can't make your show today. I'm sorry. Daddy's got a very important meeting with the president. Tell that to your friends. He frowned as a whining pitch escaped from the speaker. I know, I know, honey. I'll bring you something special tonight from that new toy store they opened. What's it called? The one with the giant bear? There was a sound on the other end. Right, that one. A surprise, okay? The vehicle pulled out onto FDR Drive and sped south beneath the hospital for special surgery, the sun glinting off the East River on his left. Craig cracked the window open a wedge, gazing toward the looming mass of the Queensboro Bridge and the white sailboats bobbing along the currents. Now, Daddy's got to go. You give him a kiss. A pop sounded on the speaker. Thanks, honey. Talk to you later. He closed the connection. Continuing to stare outside his window, Craig felt a weariness descend. Soon he knew they would reach their exit and the nasty courting ritual would begin at the hotel. A presidential speech on financial reform, dutiful agreements from the top managers, handshakes, TV moments, and reporters' questions. Too much money had changed hands for there to be any real concern. They owned the committees. The damn politicians had to trot them out every few years, give them a public tongue lashing, and then it was back to business as usual. A black spot in the sky in front of them caught his eye. What the hell? He disengaged the sound suppression. Miles, can you see that thing in front of us? I thought it was a plane, but it's something else. While he was accustomed to the low-flying aircraft along this route, helicopters heading to the Hamptons and tourist planes lumbering overhead, something was wrong. The craft, whatever it was, seemed way too low. Too small. Look at it, it's off the river and over the damned FDR. He could see his driver straining upward and nodding. Oh, some kid's remote control helicopter or something, Mr. Craig. Craig shook his head. Maybe. Damn if it's not gonna hit us. The object careened straight for them, slowing its approach until it paced the car. He could see it better now. Four helicopter-like blades spun equidistant from each other, separated like the points on a square. A mass of spidery arms underneath held what looked like a cylinder, the bottom shining like a large metallic disc. Craig felt a strange unease. It's like some giant insect from Mars. Miles, take the next exit. There, the sign that says 53rd. Take that exit. But, sir, we'll get snarled in the local traffic. Just do it. Craig wasn't sure what was happening, but his instincts were never wrong. He had lived too long as a predator and master of the games of power. When soldiers around him died in Vietnam, he made it out alive. It was a sixth sense, background processing, something that always alerted him to danger and opportunity. Right now, his alarms were ringing frantically. The limo darted across lanes toward the exit to a chorus of horns. The small flying thing matched their motion and continued to close the distance. Miles grumbled as the wheels hit the exit ramp. This some new paparazzi thing? Then, the impossible. The small craft accelerated and slammed directly onto the roof of the car. Craig jumped. Shit. Pull us over, Miles. Now. But there wasn't a place to stop the car. Still exiting the off-ramp, the driver accelerated and hurtled toward a curbside ahead. Goddamn thing is stuck in the rooftop, yelled Craig, grabbing the handle of his door. He prepared to leap out of the vehicle. 
a large explosion rocked the corner of 53rd and Sutton Place. Windows of surrounding buildings shattered, facade stone fractured and fell, and debris from a black limo blasted outward with a fireball that set nearby trees and garbage on fire. Smoke surged upward from the demolished vehicle, only a chassis and partial skeleton remaining. Alarms sounded from cars parked near to the blast radius, and voices screamed over the din. Bodies were strewn motionless around the inferno. Wounded screamed for help. Above the growing chaos, unseen by anyone below, a frenetic buzzing purred. An apple-sized object hovered hundreds of feet above the fire, a propeller whirling above an octagonal hardware collection ending with a downward-pointing lens. The mechanical insect observed the scene with a cold stillness. As the first sounds of sirens began to spill toward the carnage, it climbed above the buildings and disappeared into the sky.